When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Talk Radio 77 WABC. It's more money with leading economist Steve Moore. Stephen Moore is with us, economist. With more than 30 years' experience as an economist and as a leading thinker of government on business, showing deep understanding of the shifts in the global economy. He's leading economist Steve Moore with more money on Talk Radio 77 WABC. Now, here's your host, Steve more hello folks this is steve moore this is the more money show this is talk radio wabc the number one talk radio station in america a privilege to have this show every saturday afternoon we call it the more money show and it is about how you can make money and what is going on in the world of economics and finance. And so I am so pleased that we have, by the way, our, our ratings are fantastic. And I want to, again, do a shout out to all the regular listeners of the show. If you're a new listener to More Money, thank you so much for tuning in. Uh, we have a lot of fun on this show. And the most fun that we have on this show is in the bottom of the hour when I start taking your calls, because this is Freedom of Speech Radio. I like to hear people from all political perspectives. I am a conservative. I'm a free market guy. I believe in free enterprise. I believe in freedom. And last of all, I'm a Republican. I don't always love the Republicans. I just don't like the, what the Democratic Party stands for these days. But my point is that we've got a lot of work to do to get our country back. And so I am so... Um, so pleased to be able to do this. By the way, it is an absolutely where I live in the Washington, D.C. area. It is an absolutely gorgeous day. A little chilly, but wonderful. I think it's pretty nice along the East Coast, although I know some of you are in some of those areas where um, where you got hit very hard with uh, with. I saw the two, three feet of snow in some areas in upstate New York. Anyway, I hope you're having a great weekend. Next weekend, of course, is Thanksgiving. So I want to hope that everybody has a very happy and holy Thanksgiving. This is the greatest country on this planet. We are not perfect, but we're more perfect than any other country. I challenge anybody to tell me what country uh, provides more opportunity, more uh, happiness for its people than this great, great country that everybody, everybody in the world, when they want to leave their country, where do they want to come to? They don't want to go to Germany. They don't want to go to Spain. They don't want to go to Italy. They don't want to go to Britain. They don't want to go to China or Japan. They want to come here to the United States. It is it is the beacon of freedom for the whole world, as, as Ronald Reagan used to say. And it is so appropriate that we do get, give thanks to God for um, – so enriching this country with with a bountiful natural resources, the greatest people on earth. I love immigration. If it's legal, right? I love when people come in here from, you know, I meet people from Hungary. I meet people from Poland. I meet 
Poland, I meet Russians, I meet people from El Salvador, Mexico, nobody else, nowhere else in the world is the melting pot that the United States is. But we got to get control of our border. I think we all agree on that. It is an outrage what's happening with our border. We need to be able to select the people who are going to come in this country. In fact, I think we need more immigrants. I just want them to come in legal. I want to know who's here. We need hardworking people who love freedom and love opportunity. Okay. So uh, I'm in a good mood today. Last weekend, I apologize, folks. I was in a cranky mood last weekend after the election because it didn't turn out the way I wanted it to. I'm feeling a lot better about things right now because as I kind of reflected on what happened, yeah, did Republicans do poorly? They did do poorly. Should have they won more races? They should have won more races. Should they have won the Senate? Yes, they should have. But you know what? The most important thing is that Nancy Pelosi is no longer Speaker of the House. That's gigantic. That's huge for the economy and huge for your finances. Uh, Having one party control of Washington was a disaster. The last two years have been a disgrace for America. Everything has gone wrong. The wheels have come off. You saw what happened with the border. You've seen crime in the city. You've seen what's happening with homelessness. You see what's happening with the uh, massive trillions and trillions of additional debt, both government debt and now Americans are going further into debt. You see what's happening with the crime in the city. You're seeing what's happening with gasoline prices. You're seeing what happening grocery prices, overall inflation. I mean, somebody point to me something that's really going well right now in, in America. I mean, we're, we're kind of trudging along, but there's no prosperity in America right now. It just doesn't exist uh, because we've had so many terrible policies. I, I was had the privilege of seeing President Trump uh, yesterday and on um, Thursday and had a little brief meeting with the president. Uh, he is running. Uh, by the way, the topic when we get to the uh, your uh, your questions and comments at the bottom of the hour, the topic du jour is going to be, do you think Donald Trump should be president? What's the case for Trump? What's the case against Trump? And And I think probably I don't know. I think the country's pretty, pretty split on this right now. Trump is an extremely polarizing figure. I have to say this as someone who's worked with him. And, uh, you know, I, I, I think I'm privileged to be able to call him a friend. He's always been extremely. One thing about Donald Trump that people don't know is that, you know, if you he is a loyal person. If you are good to him and you don't stab him in the back, He will be loyal to you through thick and thin. And that's my personal experience with with the president. You know, he appointed me to be on the Federal Reserve Board. I didn't make it through that dastardly process where you have to get all the senators to approve you and got beaten up by the New York Times and the Washington Post and CNN almost every night. And Donald Trump would call me every few days. They stick in there, Steve. You know, I I keep fighting, you know, and, and even when I withdrew, he. He gave me a nice call and said how much he appreciated me. And, you know, that's the way Donald Trump is. He's a very good man. Now, if you if you cross that guy, he's going to come after you. you And uh, he is I've always said there's a good and a bad Donald Trump. And I think this last week we've seen a good Trump. I loved his speech where he contrasted how the country did four years ago when he was president versus how Biden is done. And I, I think it really is that simple. And this is what I want to ask you about. And, and I always um, plead with people who are listening to the show who are Democrats and maybe more liberal than I am, and I'm a pretty conservative guy. Uh, I want to hear from you. This is freedom of speech. I will be very respectful of your opinion. But can you tell me one thing that Biden has done better than Trump? 
I mean, I can't think of anything. Maybe I'm missing something, but I'd love to hear from the Democrats. The the number uh, for the More Money Hotline, and don't call in till the bottom of the hour because we're going to hear from the pains uh, about what's happening with the financial situation. But that number is 1-800-848-9222. That's the More Money Hotline, 1-800-848-9222. Wait about 15 minutes or so and then call in. Uh, and I love to hear from the ladies, by the way. That always makes my day. Because, you know, the women are the ones to really decide elections and the women are the ones who run this country in so many ways. I know they've run my household. My wife rules this home uh, with an iron fist. So I'd love to hear from the ladies about do you like Trump? Do you hate Trump? Do you what do you what do you like about what he did? What don't you like? A lot of people are turned off by his behavior. Uh, Sometimes I am. I'll admit it. You know, I when I saw the president, I said, Mr. President, behave yourself, you know, stop the trash talking of people like uh, Ron DeSantis and Glenn Youngkin and other people, uh, you know, if you're going to do it, make it funny. Don't make it, you know, make, you know, I thought it was pretty funny when he called him little Marco, remember Marco uh, Rubio. And when he said the low energy Jeb Bush and stuff like that, I mean, that's kind of cute and that's kind of funny, but I don't like the the hurtful jabs sometimes. And so uh, Trump has a real case that he really did make American energy independent. He really did help us secure the border. He was almost done building the wall, and then Biden is like practically tearing it down. Uh, we reduced crime. We, By the way, he let people out of prison who, who were uh, guilty of things like you know, drug use, nonviolent people. I thought that was a wonderful thing. You know, we, don't, we shouldn't put nonviolent people behind bars, but people who, uh, you know, are— guilty of robbery or guilty of assault or murder, we've got to put those people away. You know, we've got to. And uh, so the case for Trump is that what he did worked for the country. It was, I remember in 2020 before COVID hit, do you remember folks how strong the economy was back then? Oh my God, we were absolutely booming with growth. We had so many jobs created. We were bringing all this money back through his trade policies. Uh, We were, Big, big income gains for every group, for blacks, for Hispanics, for single women, for children. The child poverty rate fell. We had the lowest poverty rate in the history of the United States under Donald J. Trump. And they say, oh, his policies just benefited rich people. That's what some of my friends say. Oh, Trump just cared about the rich people. Well, look at the results, folks. Look at what actually happened. Let's talk facts here, not fiction. The facts show that the four years that Trump was president, we saw about a $5,000 income gain for the average family after inflation. You know what that number is under under uh, Biden so far, folks, after two years? Not a $5,000 gain in income. You ready for this? Almost a $4,000 loss in income for the average. I'm not talking about rich people. I'm talking people in the exact middle. How are they doing? $4,000 lost under Biden. $5,000 of gained under Trump. And so I think Trump makes a powerful case. Incidentally, I think one of the differences between the Republicans and Democrats right now, you look at the field of people that could run for president. We don't know who's all in, who's not all in, but it looks like Ron DeSantis is going to run. I mean, my God, he won Florida by 20 percentage points, won the Hispanic vote, uh, just clobbered the Democrats in a state that was once a toss-up state. You've got uh, really great governors like uh, Glenn Youngkin of uh, Virginia. You've got people like uh, uh, the governor of uh, 
Tennessee. Uh, Bill Lee, you've got uh, I love Christy Nome of South Dakota. So there are a lot of really good people who could run on the Republican side who have a record of accomplishment. Now, let's turn the let's look at the Democrats for a second, shall we? Who are the Democrats going to run? I mean, maybe Joe Biden's going to run for a re-election at age eighty. Age eighty. I mean, I don't. I I think if he's of sound mind, fine. But I don't. He hasn't always acted like uh, he is of completely safe sound mind. Then what? If it's not him, are they going to are they going to go with Kamala Harris, the one who was supposed to be in charge of uh, securing our border, and it's a fiasco? Are they going to go with Pete Buttigieg? The transportation secretary who was supposed to solve the problem of the, of the supply chain problem, uh, that didn't work out so well. He was taking parental leave during the height of the crisis. Are they going to go with Gavin Newsom? Gavin Newsom, the governor of California? California is a basket case. <laughs> I mean, compare Florida and California. Everybody's leaving California. They've just announced they have a $25 billion deficit. Florida has a $20 billion surplus. I mean, I could go down the line. So I like Republicans. I want to have a robust primary in the Republican Party with Donald Trump and Ron DeSantis and Christy Nome and, you know, Mike Pence and put them all up there and let's see. Let's pick the best one. I don't like people saying, oh, Donald Trump shouldn't run for president. Maybe he's going to win. Maybe he's not. But he certainly has every right to. He's going to have a strong following. Okay, folks. um, So we're going to talk a lot more about that at the bottom of the hour. But right now uh, we are going to hear from the pains from pain capital management good friends of mine ryan and that pain do an amazing job they are some of the smartest in the business so uh hold on tight uh we're going to now hear from the pains and then we will get to your calls at the bottom of the hour this is the more money show this is wabc talk radio we'll be right back talk radio 77 wabc and welcome back, folks. This is the More Money Show. Now it is time where we talk about how you can make money because this is about you and me and everyone making more money in our investments. And so I am so pleased to have back with us uh, Bob and Ryan Payne, two of the very best in the business from Payne Capital Management. And again, we have an incredibly topsy-turvy week, gentlemen. Yeah, maybe the markets are happy that we're now going to have divided government in Washington. But give us your take on where we stand right now. Uh, the market's been on a, another bit of a roll. Yeah, you know what, Steve? I've been doing this for almost 50 years. And what I found out was that the markets don't have a political affiliation. They seem to dislike all <laughs> politicians. <true>. Right. <laughs> and they're celebrating the fact that we have gridlock now since the Republicans yes. got the House. Hallelujah. I agree with you. I think that's entirely true. And by the way, isn't it true, gentlemen, that the market, you know, if you look in the last 50 or 60 years, the market kind of shows that pattern that when you've got uh, checks and balances, uh, it's it's a good thing for the economy and for the markets. Yeah. No, it's it a absolutely does, thing. Steve. Dead right. No. Uh, so what else no, is beyond, just, beyond, po- yeah. beyond politics then, because uh, I think we're all in agreement on that. What else is going on? Why are why are investors feeling bullish all of a sudden? Well, I think you had a couple of really good pieces of data come out this week. And the one I don't think it got enough attention was retail sales were up again. So, you know, despite 40-year right. high in inflation, um, we're still seeing the consumer spend. In addition to that, you're starting to see some of those what I like to call inflation on the ground floor indicators coming down. Mm-hmm. Like if you look at rents, they're starting to come down across the country. We know that's a big part of the 
consumer price index number. We saw the producer price index come down a little bit. Yep. So I, I think you're starting to see what I would call maybe the best case scenario play out. You know, you're seeing inflation cool off, yet Americans love to spend and they're doing what they do best. Spend money, Steve. So you guys have been bullish. Uh, that's the uh, the theme song of uh, paying capital management, <laughs> be bullish. Um, and, you know, people have been employing the tactic of buying the dip, but now we're not in a dip. Do we keep buying? Well, let's, let's talk about it for a second, Steve. You know, four weeks ago, five weeks ago, the Dow was at 29,000. We're closing in on 34,000 right now. That's 16%, close to 17% wow. in like four weeks. And we also have international stocks, like blue chip international stocks and emerging markets. They outperformed the U.S. over the last four to five weeks. They're up 20%. And believe it or not, you know, that's a, that's a bull market wow. when you have those types of returns. So yeah, we still think things are, are relatively priced. They're priced well. If you want to be an investor, it just goes to show why you can't time these things. And I'll tell yep. you another thing that everybody's not paying attention to. The price of oil's been dropping and yep. oil, it's like getting a global tax cut. From That's every right. government in the world when you have oil drop as fast as it is right now. Well, I agree with you guys. Stocks for the long run is a good uh, words of wisdom. Uh, what sectors are, are the buys? We've seen uh, the technology sector has made a huge comeback, uh, although there's some problems with the, with the big companies like Meta and, and uh, Google. But what do you see as the sectors that people yeah. want to be invested in? Well, I promise I'm not going to tell you Bitcoin. So that's number one. Uh, don't, don't, it's not a bargain at 16,000. Um, but no, I, I think the bottom line is if you look at big tech specifically, like it is rebounding, but it is certainly not doing as well uh, as the rest of the market. And if you look at, that's why the Dow Jones this year is only down about five, 6% versus the S&P, you know, closer to 16, 17%. And we, we think that any, any company has pricing power, if you look at old, old school consumer staples, like a Coca-Cola, Pepsi, that get a lot of their earnings overseas. Now the dollar's starting to weaken. That's very good. We think the global economy in general, Bob just mentioned that the foreign markets are doing much better. Uh, if the dollar keeps dropping, that's very good for global stocks, and you're getting yeah. great cash flow. And that's what you have to think about right now is you're trying to plan for retirement is you need a return on your money, and we're having a record in global dividends this year. So you, you want to allocate globally right now. You don't want to overweight tech because what happens is when you have big volatility in the market and then you get a rebound, it's typically not the same place that does well again. And that's what you're seeing here. Tech is going to be a big lag. It could be for a long time. Meanwhile, if you have a better broadly diversified portfolio, you know, that's, that's actually not down that much for the year now. So that's what you want to start thinking about as you allocate capital and try to prepare for retirement. Well, and that's what you gentlemen do. So tell people about how they can get the free consultation. All you need to do is call or text at 844-752-6692. If you saved over a million dollars for your financial independence plan, that's 844-752-6692. The one thing I am worried about, and we just have a few minutes left, but, uh, you know, I'm looking at what's happening with consumer debt. And it, it, the consumer debt, especially on con, you know, things like credit cards, has really risen quite significantly. Uh, and I think that's partly because the inflation has been outpacing people's wages. Well, that's a worry sign, isn't it, for the economy and the market if people are stretched thin uh, with respect to the debt they're building up? Well, historically, Steve, that has been the case. But <clears throat> we also now have the U.S. household wealth uh, was just close to $150 trillion. 
So when you look at the appreciation we've had in real estate, portfolio values, right. and then you look right. at that as a percentage of the amount of debt out there, it's one of the lowest debt-to-asset ratios we've seen in history. In other wow. words, people have yeah. a lot of room to borrow, and they're also being very, you know, very careful. And credit card debt is going up, but overall, servicing debt is one of the cheapest it's been in history, lowest in history. So yeah. do we need and, to and worry about I was just going to ask, uh, do we, ne- we need to worry about the national debt, which is now above $23 trillion? And I'm hoping yeah. that this new Republican Congress might bring some of this yeah. debt spending under control. What do you think? Yeah, I agree with you. I think that's probably the one unspoken that is a problem. Yeah. Um, and that could be uh-huh. a big lag for the U.S. economy for a long time. So I'm with you, I think, maybe with some gridlock with the Republicans controlling the House. Now we can start to really address that issue because – that's going to be problematic, especially with higher interest rates now, too, because as those bonds come due and they get reinvested, well, you know, rates aren't at 2% anymore, 1% like they were just six months ago. Um, so I think that's something you do have to keep an eye on here um, because that is a big problem, especially with higher interest rates. So last question, uh, and that is, you know, you talk about the higher interest rates, and we've seen, you know, the, the 10-year and 30-year bond have climbed up, and we're now at a 4% roughly on the 10-year Treasury. So well, how do you feel about buying treasuries at this point? I mean, it used to be you just you know, when the rates were 1%, uh, you know, those weren't very good buys. But what do you think about today with the, with the rise in these rates? I think it's one of the greatest things that's happened for all savers. Uh, the last 10 years, you've had rates at zero. It was, you know, really hard to get a decent rate of return on your bond portfolio. Right now, you have yields as short as three months, yielding, you know, 4% in treasuries and CDs. Um, you can lock in close to four or five, five percent, uh, on a, on a, you know, a very short term treasury CD. So one of the best buying opportunities I've seen in the last 10 years, Steve. Well, the bottom line of what I'm hearing from you gentlemen is, uh, be bullish. Is that still the slogan? <laughs> you, I couldn't say very much. You're wrong, Steve. Steve. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, that's Ryan and Bob Payne. They are two of the best in the business. Take them up one more time. What's that one I hear number for the free consultation? That's 844-752-6692. If you've saved over a million dollars for your financial independence retirement plan, that's 844-752-6692. So, Bob, as you know, at our boutique firm, Payne Capital Management, of course, that's P-A-Y-N-E, and we spend all our time thinking about different financial planning issues, thinking about what uh, individuals should be doing with their assets. And, you know, one of the things that has to be addressed with your financial independence or retirement plan is your biggest assets. And the one I think about all the time is a lot of us have saved so much money in our 401ks, IRAs, 403bs, deferred comp plans, that we end up having what I call a ticking tax time bomb because at 72, we have to start taking money out of these retirement plans and we have to start paying taxes on it, which means we could pay a lot of taxes later in life. That's not my favorite game plan. No, it's not at all, right? I'll tell you what, when it comes to some of the biggest assets you have in your lifetime, one of it's going to be your 401k. If you contribute on an annual basis every year, the contribution level goes up. It's one of the greatest tax shelters, the only legal tax shelter available to us as U.S. citizens. And what I find is that these providers of 401k do not do a good job of educating the consumer, the investor on what to invest in. And that really bothers me. That makes me, that makes, that's a big concern I have. Yeah, no, it's a big concern because 401ks, typically there's a lot of embedded fees you don't see. They're limited in their options. So one of the things you want to start thinking about as you're getting close to retirement or retired now is consolidate that retirement money, but also 
maybe look at taking some of the money out before 72 and putting into what we call a Roth IRA where it's completely tax-free. And most of us aren't looking at this. Right now, historically, believe it or not, tax rates are relatively low. But I don't know about you, Bob. I suspect, somehow I suspect this, the government's probably going to start raising taxes sooner than later. Yeah, like anything else, right? It's not a rule of thumb. You have to do some calculations, right? you got to see what age you're at, how much you're going to pay in taxes now, what your marginal bracket may happen to be. But in most cases, it makes sense to take some, not all, of your 401k almost every year and convert that to what we call Roth IRA. And just, you know, answer this question. What would you rather have, tax-free or taxable? You know, I think it's a no-brainer. <laughs> Well, keep it so tax-free is good. Write that down. So anywhere you can have tax-free income, and there's ways to do it, right? And this is something you should be talking to your financial advisor about, talk to your accountant about, because right now at the end of the year is a great time to look at these strategies. The other thing we find all the time when we run our plans every week, and we probably look at about 50 new portfolios a month, is you have so many accounts at different locations. You have some maybe in your 401k. You have a broker over here. You have a savings account over here. And all these small accounts add up to a lot of money, but as individual accounts, A, they're probably being charged more than they should be, and B, a lot of times you own a lot of the same things in all your different accounts and don't even know it. It really pays to look at everything in one place and consolidate, especially as you get close to retirement. Yeah, I I can't tell you how many times in the last year, month, a couple of years, we've done reviews with new potential clients, and we you see they have 15, 16, 17 accounts. And when you put it all in a spreadsheet, which no one will ever do for you, never do yourself, and look at all the internal costs you're playing, all the tax efficiency in the portfolio, and you put the bottom line down, it's like, okay, I'm being overcharged for underperformance. And it's not any one of your advisor's fault or custodians. It's your fault for spreading it all out. And, you know, mom and dad taught us, don't put all your eggs in one basket. And we think that means spread it out to custodians. Yeah. That's a big mistake because you really can't see a big picture when you have it spread out like that. Yeah. And we see it all the time. You may have a couple million dollars, but maybe you only have X amount with one firm and another firm, and they're all charging you like a small client. So you under, you know, you basically overcharge yourself. So it really pays, especially if you're getting serious about living off your money, looking at everything that you have in one place, and then you can start making good decisions about your overall allocation and lower those fees. Lowering fees is critical when you have your financial independence plan, like you, it compounds over time at a lower fee is good. You know, Ryan, that's a brilliant idea, right? So, so much better to be important to one person by having all your money custodied with them, as opposed to being unimportant to a whole bunch of people. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. It feels, I don't want to be unimportant ever, Bob. It's, it's no fun. It's no fun. Um, the other thing you think about too, is your, is your home, which a lot of times is your biggest asset. And right now it's a tricky situation because maybe you want to downsize, but you're in a situation where housing prices are still relatively high, right? You may have a low mortgage rate right now. And you know these are big decisions you have to make. Does it make sense to sell your home, downsize to a smaller home, which a lot of times can reduce a lot of your cost, but you really have to do that in context now of the fact that interest rates are a lot higher than they were just a couple months ago. Yeah, well, it's like anything else. A home is in a market, and all markets are cyclical. All markets are volatile. You know, as I always say, right, if they published the price of your home in the newspaper every day or on a ticker tape, everybody would rent. You know, the volatility in house prices is extreme, more extreme than we've seen in the stock market the last year. But, you know, again, carrying a home is, it's you know, a home is not, it's nice when it appreciates, but you got to remember, it's, it sucks out the cash flow 
you know, from your account. You got to pay utilities. You got to pay taxes. You got to pay, you know, repairs, um, landscaping costs. I mean, it's, it's an enormous uh, liability. It's not an asset when you're just holding it year after year. So you got to look at it in the context of, you know, what it's costing you to maintain it. And a lot of times, at least I came to that decision, I got tired of keeping my furniture warm in the, in the winter and, and cool in the summer by paying all the utility bills while I was very rarely at that home. So, you know, not everybody, everybody doesn't need three or four homes. And the other big decision that we all have to make, if you haven't made already, is when to take Social Security. And the reality is there's not a right way for everybody to take it. Some people say you have to take it at 70. You have to take it at full retirement or maybe take it early. It's going to depend on your situation because if you're not showing a lot of income or no income and maybe you're 62, it may actually make sense to take it. Because even though you get a higher benefit later, it can take you to age 80 to make up that difference. And sometimes it's better to take it at 66. But you really have to do that in context of your own plan. There's no rule of thumb. And I think that's one of the biggest mistakes that we see a lot of you make when it comes to making the decision around how to take that Social Security benefit. I'll tell you, don't ever catch anybody's attention. Write an article on Social Security. It'll have you know, the most readership of anything you ever publish. And it drives me crazy because these people write these articles as if everybody's the same person. I mean, I don't know. I think I checked the other day, right? There's six trillion ways to take Social Security. Well, maybe I exaggerate a little bit, but there's more than one way. And you have to take your spouse into account. You've got to look at, you know, how long you think you're going to live. You look at your taxable situation. There's no rule of thumb. Every one of you is an individual, and you have to have an individual strategy on how you claim that in that right of yours, which is your Social Security. It's your money. Get the most that you could, you can make the right decision. We still have five slots left open for the rest of the show. If you call or text right now, Bob and I will run for your total financial master plan. We'll do it no obligation or cost. It's our famous holistic review where we do all the work up front at no cost. There's not another firm out there that will do this for you if you saved over a million dollars. We literally build you your own personalized financial portal. We're going to hone in on every financial issue that you have today. How do you take Social Security? Well, we're going to figure out the best way for you. How do you draw from your portfolio in retirement, factor in inflation, and not run out of money? We're going to put together a full investment income game plan so you don't run out of money over the rest of your life. And we're going to look at fees and taxes. Wall Street loves to sell you high-cost products that have high fees and very tax-inefficient, like those annuities, mutual funds, brokerage products, insurance products. We go through every one, show you how to reduce all those hidden costs, and optimize your portfolio for taxes. Now what you make, it's what you take. We give you our full tax playbook on Roth IRAs, deferring income, tax-free income. We show you how to do it all. And we look at diversification. Are you getting hit hard this year? As markets are volatile, did you think you were taking less risk than you actually are? Or have you been sitting in cash earning nothing while inflation's at a 40-year high? We're going to put together a full investment game plan, show you how to grow your money, but most importantly, protect it over the rest of your life, we have five slots left if you've saved over a million dollars for your financial independence retirement plan. All you have to do is text or call 844-752-6692. That's 844-752-6692. Or just simply call 844-PLAN-NYC. That's 844-PLAN-NYC. If you're one of our next five callers, you've saved over a million dollars for your retirement. Our team of financial advisors and certified financial planners help you to create your own total financial master plan. Now, there's no obligation, there's no cost, no strings attached, but you won't have a plan if you don't text or call. 844-752-6692. That's 
844-646-6692, or just simply call 844-PLAN-NYC. That's 844-PLAN-NYC. Hey, if you want to learn more about myself and Bob and our firm, Pain Capital Management, that's P-A-Y-N-E, simply go to bbullish.com. That's bbullish.com. Let me say it again. That's bbullish.com. You can check out our podcast, Pain Points of Wealth. If you have a question for Bob or I, simply go to bbullish.com slash questions. We answer all your questions. Stay tuned. We got more, more money coming your way. Talk Radio 77 WABC. This is Bob Payne, Chief Investment Strategist of Payne Capital Management with this week's market update. This week of the Street of Dreams, all the major averages were down on the week, but are still positive for the month. The weakness in the markets came as a result of comments from Fed officials raising concerns over tighter U.S. monetary policy. St. Louis Federal Reserve President James Bullard said Thursday that the policy rate is not yet in a zone that may be considered sufficiently restrictive. He suggested that the appropriate zone for the federal funds rate could be in the 5 to 7% range, which is much higher than what the market is expecting. Bullard made these comments in spite of the fact that earlier in the week, wholesale prices increased less than expected in October, adding to hopes that inflation is on the wane. The producer price index, a measure of the prices that companies get for finished goods in the marketplace, rose two-tenths of 1% for the month below analyst estimates. On a year-over-year basis, PPI rose 8% compared to an 8.4% increase in September and well off the all-time peak of 11.7% hit this past March. The PPI raid certainly adds more fuel to the fire for those who feel we may finally be on a downward inflation trend, especially after a similar decline from the CPI last week. The CPI showed a 7.7% annual increase that was down from a 41-year peak of 9% this past June. Federal Reserve officials have been raising rates in hopes of bringing down inflation. Central Bank has hiked its benchmark borrowing rate six times this year for a total of 3.75%, its highest level in 14 years. Markets are now pricing in about an 80% chance that the Fed would downshift its rate hikes in December with a 50 basis point or a half a 1% increase after four straight 75 basis point moves earlier this year. We can only hope and markets can only speculate. But Wharton economist Jeremy Siegel declared inflation is basically over and the Fed doesn't have to get anywhere near as high on interest rates. And if the Fed does follow Siegel's preferred path for future monetary policy decisions, that would have a good chance of avoiding a hard economic landing that would be good for all markets, both stocks and bonds. Now, as I stated at the beginning of this commentary, the markets were down for the week, but up over the past 30 days, And boy, oh boy, what a fantastic 30 days they were, with the Dow up 16% over that period, only to be trumped by international markets up 20% over the same time frame. As John Bogle of Vanguard so famously said, focus on the long term because the short term is too volatile. If 2022 hasn't proved that to us all, I don't know if anything ever will. Hey, my son Ryan and I have 68 years experience of building low-cost, tax-efficient, Goal-based portfolios. For your free evaluation, all you have to do is text or call right now, 844-752-6692. That's 844-752-6692. Or just simply call 844-PLAN-NYC. That's 844-PLAN-NYC. Hey, this is Bob Payne. I'm the Chief Investment Strategist here at Payne Capital Management, wishing all of our listeners a happy Thanksgiving week. 
Talk Radio 77 WABC. It's more money with leading economist Steve Moore. Stephen Moore is with us, economist. With more than 30 years experience as an economist and as a leading thinker of government on business, showing deep understanding of the shifts in the global economy. He's leading economist Steve Moore with more money on Talk Radio 77 WABC. Now, here's your host, Steve Moore. We're back, folks. This is the More Money Show. This is WABC Talk Radio, and we are live. We're live on Saturday afternoon uh, where I live. It is an absolutely gorgeous, a little chilly out there, but sunny blue skies. Great day to get some fresh air after you're done listening to the show at the uh, top of the hour. I hope you get out and uh, and uh, go for a walk or go for a run or go play some golf or do something. It is uh, it is just a wonderful day in most parts of the country. I know, I know we have a lot of uh, listeners up north because we have a huge, huge – WABC has a massive reach. We, we go up all the way into Maine, and we go all the way down. We get Sometimes we get callers from Georgia. So we've got a massive, massive reach. So I know some of you may be shoveling snow this weekend because of the big snowstorm that hit – some of the uh, northern states, but uh, if not, uh, if you're not shoveling snow, get out and uh, enjoy the the, uh, the sunshine. Okay, so I am going to be taking your calls in just a few minutes. Uh, the More Money Hotline, one more time, 1-800-848-9222. That's 1-800-848-9222. The question of the day, I want your reaction to what Donald Trump announced on Tuesday night. He said he's running for president again. He said, I've done it once in terms of rebuilding the American economy after the Obama years. And uh, he said, I can do it again. And there's something to that. And, and incidentally, I'm not trying to sell anybody on Donald Trump. I know some people, he's a very polarizing figure. People either hate him or they love him. A lot of people are angry at him because they feel he lost the election for the Republicans. Um, that may or may not be true. So, I, look, I work for Donald Trump. I think he did amazing things, but I'm not taking sides here. I want to hear you. If you're for Trump, make the make the case for Trump. If you're against Trump, make the case against Trump. Does the country need another four years of Donald Trump? I don't know the answer to that, but what I do know, what I do know is that the four, first four years of Donald Trump – his first term in office, I don't know if he'll ever get a second term. You gotta, you may not like the guy, but my God, the policies were fantastic. Put America first. Control the border. Get tough on China. Make America energy independent. Get crime off the streets. He allowed, he, he passed a, a bipartisan measure to get to let people who've been, you know, put in jail for dr- using drugs or something like that that are not, you know, harmful to other people. He was, uh, I thought, a very much a humanitarian and said, look, those people don't belong in jail. They may need, you know, drug rehabilitation program, but but uh, they're nonviolent people. They don't they don't impose a threat on you and me. But he also said we got to get very serious about it, getting the criminals behind bars. And those of you who live in New York City uh, or in New Jersey or in Connecticut, where crime rates have just skyrocketed, you know exactly what I'm talking about. Um, I, I am outraged by this idea that they're going to try to uh, have a special prosecutor against Donald Trump. I mean, the guy was the president of the United States. His state was raided by the federal government, one of the most outrageous abuses of power um, that I've seen in my 40 years or so of, of studying this stuff. Um, and so 
you know, Trump has been abused by the media, and he, he oftentimes is his own worst enemy. <laughs> He's a complicated figure, but he does love this country, and I think what his policies did were right for the country. But I want to hear back from you. I want to hear from two groups especially. I love it, love it, love it when the ladies call in because uh, I learn a lot from your perspective. I, I'm not a lady, <laughs> so I like to hear from the women. Because you you women rule this country. I know that from my own household, uh, where I, I think I'm the king of the castle, but I don't think I am the king of the castle. I think my wife is. And so uh, I want to hear from the ladies. But also, I would love to hear from some Democrats. I know we get Democrats who call in. This is a freedom of speech radio. Freedom of speech. I want to hear people from all different perspectives. I promise, promise, promise. I've got my hand on the Bible right now. I will be respectful of your opinion. Uh, And so the issue of the day is this. Do you think the country needs another four years of Donald Trump? Do you think he can win? Do you think, uh, by the way, who do you think is going to be the Democratic uh, ticket? Uh, I'd love to hear from some Democrats about who you'd like to see on the Democratic side of the aisle. I don't see a lot of talent out there. Maybe I'm overlooking somebody. I don't know if you guys have seen the there's a very funny bumper sticker that's going around now, and it's it's gone viral on the Internet. It's a joke, folks. I don't hope this doesn't offend anybody, but the uh, bumper sticker says, Biden Fetterman, Biden, Biden Fetterman for president. And then the slogan is, it's a no-brainer. <laughs> it's a no-brainer. I got a big kick out of that. Um, so we're going to now turn to your calls because I've said what I have to say. I'm for Trump. Uh, by the way, I'm not really for Trump. I, I really do want to see how he performs on the stage with a Ron DeSantis, with a, maybe a Glenn Youngkin, maybe with uh, uh, his old running mate, Mike Pence, who I think is going to run for president, with a uh, Christy Nome or some of these other – really wonderful people who want to run for the presidency. Let's see how it all works out. Uh, Mike Pompeo, who is the Secretary of State, great guy. I've known Mike Pompeo for many, many years. I think highly of him. So I want to see him all on the stage. And let's let this is the way the democratic process is supposed to work, right? Okay. That's Steve Moore's opinion, but I want your opinion. Uh, we are going to now turn to the uh, calls. I see they got one or two uh, lights that are still open, one or two lines still open, 1-800-848-9222. Uh, Mr. Producer, who is our first caller this afternoon? Our first caller this afternoon is Pete from Brooklyn. Pete, thanks so much for calling. What do you think? Are you there, Pete? He's if not. Uh, Pete, are you there? If not, well, why don't we see if we can get Pete later. Let's move on to our next caller. Let's go to William in Asbury Park. William in Asbury Park. Thank you so much for calling in, sir. Hey, do you copy? I've got you. Hello? Okay, uh, listen, my first comment is I like DeSantis more more than Trump, but I welcome the debates between the two of them. I look forward to it. Out of that, I think we get the best man for the job. I have a question for you. Hold Hold on, hold on, hold on. Before you ask your question, what do you like about Ron DeSantis? Well, I, I like what he did during the uh, the, the coronavirus crisis. Yes, yeah, I, did, I didn't like the way Trump handed the country over to Fauci and the pharmaceutical industry. Yeah. So let me, let me just interrupt you for a second there because you're making some good points here. Um, 
first of all, you are so right. I, I think one of the mistakes that Donald Trump made during COVID, and, and, and I actually think he he handled COVID quite well. I think Operation Warp Speed was an amazing thing. I, and it did save lives, no question, the, the original version of the vaccine. But you are also right, sir, that why did he keep, and can you tell me why did he keep Fauci around? Oh, Fauci should be on a the, on a business end of a trial for crimes against humanity, in my opinion, because he helped the research. Yeah, I mean, I think it was a big mistake for Donald Trump. I mean, and by the way, Fauci was wrong about everything. Wrong about everything that he uh, advised. Incidentally, I, I want to do a. I'm going to. I'm going to hear. I want to hear your question in a minute. But before I want you, you reminded me of something. I run a group called the Committee to Unleash Prosperity. We have a wonderful new video on our website. Go to Committee to Unleash Prosperity. We did an hour-long session on lessons learned from COVID. And, folks, you've got to watch this video. The way that the government lied to us, deliberately lied to create a climate of fear, uh, they did not tell us the truth about COVID. They made, it, was, it was a campaign of deception. Uh, there were so many mistakes made by Fauci and so many of the health officials, the CDC. We should fire all of these people um, because and you got to watch this because it, a lot of it was deliberate. One of the panelists was a guy by the name of Scott Atlas, who came in under Trump and, and helped him on the COVID stuff, did a wonderful job. He's at the Hoover Institute, a great health uh, expert. And his stories about what went on uh, inside the government, inside the CDC, inside the FDA, FDA are really chilling. So uh, I wanted to get that out there. Go to Committee to Unleash Prosperity website. And incidentally, when you go there, sign up for our free hotline. It's free. We'll get it, get it to you every morning. It's really wonderful stuff. If you don't like it, you can unsubscribe. Anyway, I'm sorry, sir. Now go on with your question. Sir, are you, are you still on? Or did... Okay. All right. Let's go to our next caller then. Who we got? Next caller is Susan from Brooklyn. Susan, thanks so much for calling in. I strongly want to see President Trump be reelected. You do. Okay. Any new president would have to go through onboarding. We do not have that luxury. We have China on the move. We have a financial crisis. We have an energy crisis. Donald Trump is ready. He is ready. He has a track record. This is no time for, you know, just seeing who looks the best, who talks the best. We know he has an executive mind. He right. is going to be a historical figure, something like a Winston Churchill in wow. decades from now. We are okay, on the brink. Susan, I, I want to ask you this question then. Some of, uh, are you a Republican, Susan? You sound like you're a Republican. I am a registered independent. Okay. I became that oh, after Paul okay. Ryan. So- so here is the here is the question I have for you that everybody has been asking. So you're going to be my focus group today. Um, a lot of people say, I like Trump. I like the job he did, but it's time to move on. And they say that Trump can't win. What do you say about that, Susan? Ridiculous. Look, What's who's going to get 60,000? It's ridiculous. Who's going to yeah. get 40,000, 50,000 people to a rally? Yeah, right. And who's, right. Well, they have all of those voters. They have all of their data. And now all of us need to go out and get 15 or 20 more people because we want America first. All right. Uh, Susan, great call. 
I, I love it. I'm glad the ladies are calling in. By the way, they want the number for the More Money Hotline. We still have one or two lines open. I want to hear from you. I want to hear from some from some Democrats. We've heard from a couple of Republicans. Right, one Republican, one Independent. I guess it's it's time for a Democrat. I want to hear if you don't like Trump. And maybe you do or don't like Biden. Who would you like to see on the Democrat side of the aisle? Fascinating conversation. We we have the I always say this, folks. We have the smartest listeners in the country on WABC. You're smart because you listen to this radio station. And so I love hearing from you. I learn from you, and so do my listeners. So that number, again, you've got two lines open, 1-800-848-9222. Do you want Trump to run? Do you want Biden to run? Do you want somebody else? Mr. Producer, who is our next caller? Our next caller is George from Rockland. George, thanks for calling in, sir. Well, it's always a great pleasure talking to you. So uh, I was, you know, I felt I was like in a dark tunnel uh, for the past uh, two years. And when I heard uh, our former president announce it, like I suddenly see a light, okay, and it's uh-huh. like unbelievable, okay. And and I like to say something, okay. But some people that considering others, okay. And it's very simple, okay. He had the record here. Why would you go and pick up a copy when you have the original, okay? And it's, <laughs> it's, it's right. you know, you know, this is just unbelievable. And my second point here about yes. the earlier caller here, okay. Uh, we would never had uh, you know the vaccination and the treatment. Uh, as fast if it would be somebody else. Could you imagine if Hillary Clinton or somebody else from a Democrat was there, okay? They would never get uh, the vaccination, the, you know, and you know how many yeah. people would yeah. die? You know, I mean, come on, give me a break. Yeah. You know, yeah. the sentence right. is very nice. Hey, hey, but it's George, it's, where, are you, where, where are you from, sir? Uh, right now, no, New York. So, I mean, where are you originally from? Uh, leave it that way. Okay. Well, I'm glad you're an American, sir. Thanks for calling in. Great viewpoints. We're uh, live. We are taking your calls, 1-800-848-9222. So far, it sounds like there are a couple of Trump fans. One or two people have called in and said they don't want Trump to run. I still want to hear from the Democrats. I got to tell you, I am open-minded. I'm not writing off Trump. I'm not saying I'm for him. I'm saying let's let the process work. People say, oh, we shouldn't run. Let the man run. He was president. And and one other quick thing. I worked for Donald Trump. I was very proud of what we did in 2016. Susan, who called in earlier, talked about the rallies. They were the most amazing things, how blue-collar, working-class Americans rose up and rebelled against Washington. I thought it was one of the most wonderful things. I don't always, uh, you know, I, uh, I agree. Trump is oftentimes his own worst enemy. Sometimes he says things and his antics are crazy. But, boy, did he deliver great results for the country. In my opinion, whether he can do it or not, again or not, I don't know. But I want your opinion. Mr. Uh, Producer, who is our next caller? Our next caller is Ken from New Jersey. Okay. What do you got for us? Hi. Hi, Ken. Uh, Yeah, hi. Uh, I would like to see Donald Trump run as the uh, vice presidential candidate ah, okay and uh, ron DeSantis run as the presidential candidate wait wait wait. okay hold on ken do you actually think that donald trump would ever play second fiddle to anybody uh probably not 
but uh, <laughs> in, in in my mind, uh, I think that would be kind of like the best of both worlds because uh-huh. uh, they could they could uh, sort of uh, govern as uh, co-presidents. And uh, <laughs> sure, Ron, you know, the president would have the final word, but yeah. Donald Trump would be in there, you know, right You're advising him, right advising him, right next to the president, and they could sort of uh, govern uh, together. And I think that would so, be. Uh, I agree with you that, by the way, that DeSantis has been an amazing governor. He's one of the best governors in America. He, uh, you know, he won by 20 points. He, he won the Hispanic vote. I mean, people in Florida of all parties and all. Uh, you know, uh, ideologies seem to love uh, what DeSantis has done, and you can't argue with his record. Um, he is uh, now, you know, one of my fears, though, is that, and look, I don't think that Donald Trump would ever take the vice presidency position. He's going to be the number one. He's a CEO. But do you worry at all that if DeSantis wins the nomination, that Donald Trump may play the spoiler role uh, and uh, not support DeSantis? Uh, he may, uh, but yeah. uh, I, I I think that would be very unfortunate because it, it then would. Uh, the Republicans definitely would lose. Would lose, yeah. And uh, you know, I'm, I think Donald Trump might uh, back down at okay. that point because he'd rather see I, the Republicans win. Boy, do I hope you're uh, boy, do I hope you're right because we've got to beat the Democrats. Okay, who is our next caller, Mister uh, Producer? Our next caller is Nick from Fairhaven, New Jersey. Thank you for calling. What do you got for us? Hey, Stephen. Um, yeah, wouldn't some people prefer to not work for some inflation? Like the substitute of good as disutility. Uh, leisure, I mean. Wondering what you think about that one. <laughs> um, but I, I was having a little t- trouble hearing you say that again. Wouldn't it be what? Uh, wouldn't some people prefer to not work for some inflation? What do you mean by not work for some inflation? Well, we call it NERU, the non-accelerating inflation rate of unemployment. And yeah. this would happen for someone becoming unemployed. Inflation would occur. Well, here, and that would be... I, I take your point. Uh, thank Good call. So let me explain this to you, folks. We have a problem right now because we have massive, excessive government spending, $4 trillion, the most fiscally reckless president in probably in world history, in, in Joe Biden, what he's done with the massive, massive trillions and trillions and trillions of borrowing. Uh, and so that has pushed so much money into the economy, cheap money into the economy. It's making the dollars that you have in your savings accounts and your wallets and your paychecks buy less because, you know, Milton Friedman taught us this, right? 60 years ago, he taught us this. Inflation is too many dollars chasing too few goods. So when you flush all this money into the economy, of course, you're going to get inflation. It's as obvious as the sun coming up in the east and setting in the west. It has to happen if you're going to spend that much money. I'm just shocked that anyone is surprised that we have inflation. Can you believe that there were 14 Nobel Prize economists 
who said last year, oh, we're not going to have inflation with all the pride and spending. Well, we got it in spades. We got to bring it down. It is hurting the economy. It's hurting jobs. It is hurting the people who are the savers. If you're over the age of 60, as I am, you spent your lifetime working and saving, and it's eroding your savings. So we have to bring the inflation down, and the way to do it is to cut government spending. That's your more money less than for this morning. I think we got time for one or two more quick ones. We can see them to producer. Who's next? Our next caller is Joel from Manhattan. Joel from Manhattan. Quickly, sir. Hi. Hi there. Listen, uh, the one who will possibly challenge Trump or any Republican would be Michelle Obama, who will ah. clearly win because of the women, minorities, etc., ah. and the problems the Republicans are having vis-a-vis one another. And as far as Trump, I think he should woo uh, DeSantis to become his running mate. And then later on, uh, he would get exposure and uh, run for office after Trump steps down. And of course, during Trump's term, there's a possibility Trump, due to health reasons, might have to step down. And hence, uh, DeSantis would take over. So all right. All right. Good, 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 good. Thank you, sir. Uh, I mean, really interesting thoughts. So again, this is why I love taking your calls because we get some really interesting ideas. I've always wondered about Michelle Obama. I re- and I think this gentleman makes a really interesting case. Michelle Obama, you know, she is. Uh, she wrote a best-selling book. She has a very high approval rating among the American people. And uh, maybe the Obamas are coming back. You never know. But she might be tough. I'd I'd rather run against Joe Biden than Michelle Obama. That's for sure. I'd rather run against, uh, you know, uh, Gavin Newsom, the uh, crazy uh, governor of California, than I would uh, Michelle Obama. So I think the gentleman is quite right about that. That could be a problem for Republicans. All right. I think we got time for one more quick one, Mr. Producer. Who we got? Really quick. Ernie from Canada. All right, Ernie, thanks for calling in from Canada. We've got one minute left, sir. What do you got for us? Well, I think uh, the one thing that could cost the Republicans the next presidential election would be Trump as their nominee. Trump's policies, if he he could be – write a book about it or write write a manual and give it over to DeSantis or somebody else. (laughs) A proven governor, his policies are fantastic, but he can't take himself out of the thing, and he's the one factor that could cost them the election in the next round. You've only got 30 seconds. Let me ask you this. Why do you say that he can't win? Why do you say that? Because he naturally arouses a certain resentment amongst the whole constituency of people, and that could make the difference between winning and losing the election. And the important thing is to get the Democrats out. Yeah. So I agree with you. I, I don't know that uh, Trump can't win, but I, uh, I hear you loud and clear. I know a lot of people feel the same way. But let the process work out. Great calls today, folks. As always, I appreciate all the people called in. I apologize for the people who weren't able to get on. This is the More Money Show. I'll talk to you next week. Talk Radio 77 WABC.
This is Greg Kelly for Priority Gold. What does it mean to be America's precious metals dealer? It means that you're in touch with the hearts and minds of those who love this country, value our freedom, and want to protect the future. Priority Gold is that precious metals dealer. They've helped thousands of Americans back their retirement with solid gold and silver. Call Priority Gold at 888-506-6439. Receive free shipping, free storage, a free investment guide, and one of the best purchase experiences in the industry. Call now or go to PriorityGold.com.